Welcome. This is Crime Noir, a true crime podcast telling our stories. And I'm your host, Candace, and this is Case 9, The Murder of Letitia Frazier. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash crime noir and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash crime noir and let's get to the show. Welcome back, you guys, to yet another episode of Crime Noir. This is episode nine. We're hanging in there tough. So today I'm going to be talking about um, the murder of Letitia Frazier. Um, This case was really not well known. I mean, it happened in the Washington, D.C. area, and I just happened to stumble across it when I was browsing uh, the Washington Post for crime stories. So yeah, let's just get to it. But before I jump into today's episode, I do want to give a trigger warning that although today's episode does not feature explicit language, it does have violent content, so listener discretion is advised. Letitia Monique Frazier disappeared from Washington, D.C. on August 2nd, 2010. She was just 18 at the time. She was approximately 5'3 and weighed about 165 pounds. She was last seen wearing Nike boots, a McDonald's uniform, which was a white tank top, a brown shirt, and black pants. She had black hair and black eyes. She went by the name Tish and Little Pooh. Those were her nicknames. She has a tattoo on her arm that says Diamond, and she has eczema on her arms and legs. And at the time she disappeared, she had a three-year-old daughter. She had just graduated from Crossland High School and worked for the McDonald's in Oxon Hill, Maryland. Five months after she disappeared, anonymous person posted threatening message on her Facebook saying she was killed and her body was disposed in Rock Creek Park. First of all, weird as all get out. Authorities think she was killed at the 1700 block of Tram Place in Southeast D.C. the the same day she was last seen. Police found a stain resembling blood in the back bedroom on the carpet and flooring underneath. Six people were charged with their homicide. Brian A. Gaither, Johnny A. Sweet, Anika Nelson, Cynthia Proctor, Lawrence Kamal Hassan, and Lene Bell. Everyone except Hassan and Gaither were teenagers. Authorities believe Letitia was lured to the house on Trenton and then viciously beaten and then choked to death. She was also stomped, beaten, gagged, and choked. They believe her body was dismembered and then discarded like trash in a dumpster. Police believe her body is in Shoesmith Landfill in Chesterfield County, Virginia. Chief Lanier released a statement regarding the decision not to search the landfill. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll just give you all some highlights that were in um, the statement. They said that the likelihood of retrieving her remains were super, super low and too much time had passed and it was extremely dangerous and wouldn't have a high probability of success to retrieve her body. And the dangers presented with searching a landfill were it could collapse, it could catch a, they could catch a disease, 
and even the possibility of explosion due to the methane gas. At the time that um, the chief made this statement, it was likely that her remains were buried at least 70 feet under garbage. So, yeah, that's a lot of garbage. I can't even imagine 70 feet of trash. Like, ooh, just disgusting. So um, they did say the search would take at least six months and there was no um, guarantee that they would even find her. So there was high potential for injury and low probability that her remains would be recovered. Bell, Hassan, Nelson, Gaither all pled guilty to her roles in her murder. And this is what trips me out, y'all. The motive for her murder is that they believe she stole $900 from Johnny Sweet. And then in order to enact revenge on her, they wanted to, or to teach her a lesson they decided to beat her up. And majority of the people that um, participated in beating her up didn't even know her. So it's like, what the heck? Like, that's totally not cool. But they allegedly um, said that they never meant for her to die and they just wanted to uh, teach her a lesson. And the crazy part that even trips me out about this is she was the only one with the job. So why would the only person with a job steal $900? That doesn't even make sense. And police never corroborated who took the money. So it's not even guarantee that she took the money. So basically, first of all, not even... Is $900 enough to commit a murder? I mean, there's no amount of money, but $900 definitely is not enough money to do something like this. So Johnny Sweet, the one I said, was the ringleader. Um, he decided to plead not guilty and like stupidly because they did try to get him to plead out of it. Um, but, you know, some people are arrogant, think they can beat the system or whatever. But no, bro, you can't at least not all the time. So he decided to plead not guilty and was found guilty in April 2013. He was then sentenced to 52 years in the penitentiary. He was found guilty of first-degree premeditated murder, first-degree felony murder, kidnapping, and evidence tampering in connection with Letitia's beating death. Johnny told police that he suspected that Letitia was the one who stole his money because she was the only one in the room moments before he realized his money was gone. But like I said earlier, y'all, there was no evidence that she even took the money and she was the only one with the job. So again, like I said a couple seconds ago, why would the only person with the job steal money? Like that just doesn't even make sense if all this other crew has no money and has no job. Think about it. Another perpetrator, Brian Gaither, was initially sentenced to 32 years in prison, but he successfully appealed and got a new trial. And in April 2017, he again pled guilty and was sentenced to 32 years, but this time he was allowed to get out early for good behavior. So he's still serving um, his sentence, but if he has good behavior while he's in, the, in prison or whatever, he can get out early for good behavior. Lene Bell was also sentenced to three years in prison for her role in Letitia's death, but her jail time was suspended and she was only ordered to complete two years of probation, which I'm gonna be honest, y'all, it seems a little light considering some people got 52 years, 32 years, etc. but we'll talk about it. 
So she pled guilty to kidnapping and admitted that her role in Letitia's death was a mistake. So basically, she was super cooperative with police um, when they were doing the investigation. So I think that really helped her get a light sentence. Again, that's a little light, lighter than I would have liked because I feel like if you beat somebody to death and you participate in something like that, then you should probably do a couple years in jail. But it's up for y'all to decide as well. Lene did apologize in court to Letitia's family and stated that she only participated in harming Letitia out of peer pressure. She said that after she began hurting Letitia, she pushed away Cynthia and Anika and told them to stop beating her. But that's allegedly. People will say anything to um, save themselves. So I don't know how true I believe that to be. According to her, Johnny hit Letitia a lot of times to the point that she fell to the floor and then Brian began stomping her. Lene then left Johnny's house and then came back and never asked what happened to Frazier or Letitia. But police believe that when she came back, they had Letitia taped and locked up in a closet in Johnny's house. Um, one of the other U.S. attorneys told the court that Lene was the only person to be cooperative and accept responsibility from the very beginning. So I guess that... Um, impacted her sentencing again i'm on the fence about it because you still participated in a murder and yes i do think you should get um i guess some kind of break but i felt like she got completely off but i mean you guys talk to me and let me know what y'all think since this trial lene has been able to graduate high school and attend college Another perpetrator, Antoine McCullen, I don't know if that's how you say his last name, but that's what I'm going with. He was sentenced to two years probation regarding his role in the murder of Letitia. He pled guilty to conspiracy to tampering with evidence after he admitted to helping dispose of Letitia's body. Antoine admitted that he helped Brian drag a gray bin which contained a black plastic bag covered with a blanket to a dumpster. The bin weighed about 150 pounds, and Antoine indicated he never looked in the bin. So, yeah, basically, he helped dispose of a body. So, he got two years probation, which is kind of light, um, considering that you did, I mean, you didn't do the murder, but you did help get rid of the body that has still not been recovered. So, in my opinion, he got off light, too. Cynthia Proctor received a 21-year sentence. She was responsible for beating and punching Letitia. She also helped tape her hands and feet and mouth. So she had a big role there. And the original plan that night that the group concocted was after they discovered she was dead, they were going to dismember her body and put it in a container and then dispose of it in a park in D.C. Um, So they did try to dismember her and Cynthia was a part of that, but she became physically ill and went to the hospital before the body was removed from the apartment. From there, Letitia was just thrown into a dumpster. So, yes, Cynthia deserves her 21 um, sentence. No questions asked. Lawrence Hassan received an 18-year sentence. He was apologetic during trial. Um, He did take full responsibility. He never beat her, but after she was dead, he did drive around looking for a dump site for her body. So he is um, definitely responsible for whatever happened to her as well. And I would like to say they 
got the harshest sentence because they attempted to dismember her body before they tossed her into a dumpster. And now she's somewhere in a landfill and most likely will never be recovered. So it's just really sad that this happened to this girl over an allegation that wasn't even true. Um, I don't really have any theories for this case. Um, My thoughts on it is that it's sad because I think these people were underage to like 25 years old, or I think maybe the oldest one was like 20, I don't know, something like that. So to see these people throw away their lives over $900, that's not even really life-changing money. I know I might be sounding like I'm speaking from a place of privilege, but it just doesn't seem that much to do something as heinous as these people did. And I just feel bad for Letitia and her family because they probably, I mean, I know I saw they had a memorial for her, but I mean, they don't have her body or anything like that. And they most likely will never recover her body. So it's just unfortunate that these young folks threw away their lives over something so small something they could have made back over an allegation that was never proven to be true because of the light punishment some of the people involved received it makes me wonder what is a fair punishment for juveniles that participate in heinous crimes and i asked this on my social media um maybe like a day or two ago and i got varying results so i'm really curious to know what you guys think um to me it's a case-by-case basis something like this do i think they should be locked up for life i really don't know i i don't know i really don't know i'm curious um to hear you guys' thoughts so please tap into me at crime x noir on twitter or crime noir the podcast on instagram i am very curious to hear you guys' thoughts and that wraps up today's case y'all So let's get into some noir news. Well, Little Dirk was back in the news this week. They have upped his charges stemming from the shooting of a man in Atlanta that occurred in February of this year. The judge found probable cause to charge Little Dirk and his co-defendant Devontae Bennett. His stage name is King Von. I've never heard any of his songs. So if anybody knows any of his songs, please um, let me know because I'm just curious as to what his music sounds like. But they charged him with possession and criminal intent to commit murder. And both are refacing five felony charges, um, criminal attempt to commit murder, aggravated assault, participation in criminal street gang activity, possession of a firearm during the commission of a felony, and possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. And apparently a witness, unnamed of course, because why would they name uh, a witness, said that she saw little Dirk pull out a gun and then she ran, and then moments later she saw that the victim lying on the floor in a pool of blood. And prosecutors stated that Little Dirk and Devante are members of Chicago of, of a Chicago gang. I think they said Blood Disciples, but don't quote me on that. I really don't know. It's alleged that they knew the victim, Alexander Weatherspoon, and he had $30,000 um, expensive jewelry in a nice car, and that's why he was targeted. Police also say that surveillance they have surveillance footage of Little Dirk actually doing the shooting, so... It'll be interesting to see how trial goes. I wonder if they'll release the footage of little Dirk actually shooting if it's him. Um, I'm pretty sure they will, though, because everything leaks on the Internet. So, 
yeah, I'll be updating the podcast as news um, on Little Dirk's trial comes out. In some semi-positive news, all five gang members who are accused of murdering Junior, you guys might remember the hashtag Justice for Junior, that's the case I'm talking about, were found guilty for his murder. And his his murder occurred on June 20th, 2018, outside of a Bronx bodega in the case of a mistaken identity. And it was captured on videotape and posted around the world, and it started an uprising, rightfully so. Uh, the gang members were a part of a gang called Trentineros. Don't know if that's how you say it, but that's just what I'm going to say. And these losers thought he was part of a rival gang called Sunset, and they stabbed him up on camera, pulled him out of a store and stabbed him up on camera and were all caught. And Junior was only 15 years old when he died. So they were all charged with first degree murder. And that comes with mandatory life sentences. So they will never see the light of day again. So that's a blessing. And they will be sentenced on July 16th. An additional nine suspects are also accused of taking part in Junior's murder. And they will also be tried at a later date. So I will continue to update regarding Junior's trial. Well, not his trial, but the suspect's trial and update on this section. So let's go to our last and final news story. My last story today is about the murder of Tynell Lindsay. On June 10th, Tynell Lindsay was killed in front of her eight-year-old son by her husband, Jason Lindsay. Jason Lindsay strangled and stabbed her in front of his child. The child, the eight-year-old child, called 911 and was screaming for his father to stop hurting his mother. When the police arrived to the apartment, Tynell was unresponsive and bloody on the master bedroom closet floor. This idiot Jason walked out the closet with blood on his clothing. If you see his mugshot, y'all, he has scratches all over his face, so definitely a fight occurred. She was definitely fighting for her life. Tynell was then taken to Orlando Regional Medical Center, where she was pronounced dead. Jason told the police that Tynell confronted him due to cheating accusations after she found a condom in his vehicle, and she suspected he was cheating. Tynell then allegedly grabbed a knife during the argument and scratched her husband's face with her nails. Jason then said he wrestled the knife away from his wife, then he kind of lost it, his words, and began choking her with one hand while stabbing her with another. That's crazy. It's vicious. Jason then claimed he was defending himself and told police that she had a history of attacking him in the past. He has been arrested and charged with second-degree murder. This case is so sad to me, y'all. I just can't get my mind around the little boy witnessing his mother being violently attacked by her husband. I think that's super traumatizing for anybody, let alone an eight-year-old child having to call 911 because his stepdad is murdering his mom. I definitely will be updating on this one to you guys, but... I'm going to wrap up the show. I just want to say, if you or anyone you know is in a domestic violence situation, please contact the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Y'all know where to find me, CrimeXNoir on Twitter, Crime Noir the podcast on Instagram. Talk to you guys next week. Bye.